generally speaking, about the church lost podcast episode. Oh, wait, no, (laughs) but it is 108. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the about the church podcast where we have to push a button every 108 seconds <laughs> oh get it, hurry my name is cliff ravenscraft and my name is dg <laughs> hey today we have a single piece of audio feedback but it's totally cool because it's coming from texas and it's from katie so oh it's coming from the, the promised land there you go i think she wants you to she, she, I think there's a little message in there. It says, listen, if you ever come back home, That's right. it is home. Exactly. It is home. So, right. so anyway, exactly. we're going to, we're going to play uh, Katie's <laughs> call, but we just want to start off the show and just say, Hey, I hope that you had a, an awesome Easter. Yes. And uh, we're excited that, uh, you know, our, our Lord and savior is risen and he is alive and he's active and he's in our lives. Did I tell you all about what I did last Sunday? No. What'd just you do? Last Sunday. Um, Okay, so I, I'm the guy who tells the jokes at the beginning of the service. Yes. I meant announcements. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm the funny dude that they just shove up there to welcome everybody. So, uh, so I, <laughs> you know, it, we always do a, t- a thing in the, in the Methodist church. Well, it all depends on how traditional it is, how high church it is. But it's very traditional in high church to have a passing of the peace. And so everyone stands up and they say, the peace of Christ be with you. And the response is. And also with you. Exactly. Yes, you've done this before. <laughs> But Easter time, it's a it's tradition to be able to say he is risen. And he the response is, is he is risen indeed. Indeed. Okay. All right. So I said, you know, I think I'm a pretty competitive guy. I like to compete with stuff. Um, and so I think Jesus was a little bit competitive too. And I really wanted to tell everybody like to get, to get it across that Jesus raising from the dead was his trash talk to death. Like he was like, bring it death bring it you you know suck it you know whatever whatever you're gonna say that probably offended people i don't care <laughs> yeah jesus saying suck it <laughs> suck it suck it death take that oh anyway, my gosh dg you female dog in heat anyway <laughs> and so uh so <laughs> that's what i love to do i always love to cuss with the actual terms <laughs> you anus sphincter <laughs> what'd you say yeah anyway. What'd you say? anyway and so i had everybody say he is risen. And then the, the response I said in the response today, because I'm a little bit competitive is boo. Yeah. He is risen indeed. Nice. <laughs> so I had all these 80 and 80 and 90 year old men and women going, boo. Yeah. He's risen indeed. <laughs> that is so funny. And then afterwards they were talking about, and when's DG leaving? <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably like, I can't, can't, can't wait for him to get out of here. What an irreverent dude. That guy. Uh, it was awesome. Boo. Yeah. He is risen. That indeed. is awesome. So, hey, um, I want to let you know, I ordered a DVD this a, week. A DVD. A DVD. <laughs> uh, and I got it from North Point Ministries, uh, which is Andy Stanley, Stanley's uh-huh. church yeah. down in Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the DVD is a sermon series that he preached at his church called Verdict. 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 Okay. And the reason why I knew about this is I it, they released it as a podcast, an audio podcast, a long time ago, probably oh. about a probably about two years ago. Uh, and I I actually talked about it in an episode of About the Church way before I ever knew you. Right, right, right. And I remember just how impressed I was with um, his defense of the authority of the Bible. You know, the, the as a historical text. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and and how we can trust the Bible. And for some reason, over the course of the last 18 months, two years or whatever, I've I've been going through this uh, process in my own faith where I start questioning all the things that I believe, not necessarily doubting, but but it's like, how much have I just accepted? Right. Yeah. How much was just taught to you that you never really investigated? Yeah, investigated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like these aren't things that I came to this conclusion outside of somebody. Well, this is what people have always said. Right. And so I believe that, you know, you know, of course, I know that there is uh, 66 books to the Bible that we Protestants read. And, you know, I happen to know that there are four more uh, books and it's the Apocrypha. And and as some of my guys in the ghetto called the big book, the big book. (laughs) 
I, I know that there was this, was it the, it wasn't the Council of Trent, was it? Or was it? I or count, did, uh, was it the Council of anyway. Nicaea? Yeah, anyway, was. one of these councils in some place, a bunch of people decided to take a bunch of different holy texts and throw them together into a book and they call it the Bible. And yeah. now all of a sudden this is the authoritative, these are the words we live by. And, and it's like, you know, I, I've always just blindly accepted that. Right, and for right, some right. reason recently, I'm just like, but why? But why do I accept that? Right. Why do I accept that a group of men decide what is and what is not God's word? And right. so and Dan Brown basically brought that out. I mean, well, this was, is way before Dan Brown. No, but, but, yeah. but it became really the, the that question became a lot more a part of my conversations with normal people mm-hmm. after that movie. Right. And, and after the and after the book, too, of course. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a very and a lot of people will like to label them postmodern. Because they're saying, because in reality they're saying, why do I have to trust them? I want to make that decision if this if this book is good or bad. Why should I trust these guys? So right. anyway, keep going. Yeah. So basically, it's I just like lately. You all right there? I just ate the mic. Nice. <laughs> I tasted salty. Mm. So anyway, TG. <laughs> a little spongy. <laughs> That's so funny. Sorry. All right. So anyway, the the thing is, is that lately I've been, you know, I I've been reading God's word and I read all these promises and and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, the you know the topics of homosexuality and and all these other things and this how just so many. It just seems like you've got all of this stuff here in the Old Testament in the Book of Levit- Leviticus, and and it really was this letter that was written to um, what's her name that uh, uh, Doctor Laura. Oh, you know, did you, have you ever oh, yeah, seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think we, we, we read it. Right? I think Richard Emlo. Yeah, we read it on here. Even, yeah, I yeah think. we talked about it here. Yeah. You know, but I, I, that's come across a couple times. It's like, listen, you know, you, you, you stand up against this, this and this and, and all of a sudden. But he, gosh, you look at all the other things. It's like, wow, that was found here in this text. But look at all these other things that you do on a daily basis. You know, yeah. shouldn't we all also get rid of all this stuff? And it's like, well, wait, why is it that we still hold on to some things and not others? And, you know, and, and why is it that God, and, and I've always struggled with this one, you know, why is it that God seems, you know, so, you know, wrathful, in, in, if that's a word, uh, so full of wrath in the Old Testament and so full of grace in the New Testament, minus Ananias and Sapphira, which right, to yeah. this day, I still don't understand why they got the bum rap that they did. I've certainly told a lie or two to make myself look better. <laughs> and I certainly live on. So, I mean, it's like, you know, there are things that I just, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm doubting, that I'm struggling in my faith. Right. But yet I want to learn more. I want to go deeper in my understanding of these things. And so I remember listening to those audio sermons of of Andy Stanley. And mm-hmm. it's just like, for some reason, I just don't remember why why I felt so convinced after listening to it why I honestly do trust and believe in the validity of this as God's desired com- way, way of communicating to us. Yeah. All right. And I, so I'm eager to get those in. I ordered them this week. Um, they cool. should be in maybe tomorrow even. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm actually, we've got a, a, you know, a Bible study group that meets in our home each week. And, and I think we're going to go through those DVDs. And, oh, okay, you know, that's why I was going to ask you if you're going to use it in the in the yeah the book group you guys have. Exactly, exactly. Cool. So so anyway, I just want to let you know I, I I look forward to coming into some future episodes of the About the Church podcast with some notes that perhaps I've taken and and who knows maybe even some audio clips. Nice. So yeah, we'll, nice. we'll see. We'll see. That's you very know, cool. With all that free time I have on my hand, DG. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, how crazy am I with all this stuff that I do? <laughs> Anyway, uh, DG, what else is going on in your life, man? Anything new and exciting in the world of faith and in the church? No. Easter. Easter. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Pretty freaking exciting there. Anything else like with, uh, you know, the, you obviously have a lot of things up in the air. Any Anything new as far as direction or discernment in one direction or another? No, not really. We, uh, Tony went and interviewed at the Gingosburg Church, which is the big, huge church there in Tip City, Ohio. Okay. And, um, they, I mean, it is, it's like, it's huge. I mean, it's like just this 4,500 people in worship on a weekend kind of a place. And so, um, they actually have a partnership with Barna. Okay. With the George Barna group. Um, I think it's Barna. No, no, Gallup. They have a partnership with Gallup 
that part of their interview process is Gallup literally calls up one whoever they're interviewing and doesn't interview themselves with them using their uh, Strength Finder book. You know, the I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the Strength Finders book, but I've heard about it. But uh, using the Strength Finders book, so Tiffany had to take that take that Strength Finders thing on the, online. Then they interviewed her there at the church, and then this this uh, other group interviews her. Um, Gallup people interview her and then they take all that stuff in consideration, get a background check and they decide if they want to see if she would work well in that, in their environment. Nice. So the challenge to to all of this stuff is uh, the Kentucky conference cabinet, which is the people that would appoint me somewhere uh, have to know by Monday. Oh, and so it's just, it's just insane. (laughs) Well, can't you just create, can't you just create the first Baptist church of DG and in Erlanger, Kentucky? And I could, and I would have to surrender my credentials in the United Methodist church and not be United Methodist, blah, 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 blah. blah. Oh, you you could be the first United Methodist church of DG. Oh, DG. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a, anyway, so, and that's, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, that's, that's typical. That's normal. Um, And since I am an elder, they're required to give me a job. So, I mean, you know, if we weren't doing this stuff on faith, then we would just say, okay, appoint me somewhere and we'd have to sell our house and move and everything else. Um, so, and then I am going in for a part-time job interview at the Apple store in Kenwood Sunday at 8 a.m. Okay. To try to supplement whatever Tiffany's will be making if they offer the job. So it's right. just everything is just completely up in the air right now. Right. But if I took the job in Louisville or Lexington with the Kentucky Conference, Tiffany still has to find a job. So, right. I mean, we're kind of in the same boat, whether she gets the job in Gingersburg and it's close to her dream job and I find a job or I get the job, you know, in some Methodist church or the district there in Lexington or Louisville. She still has to find a job, too. So anyway, um, I got, I got asked if I had ever considered working at the Apple department at Best Buy. Yeah. Um, I, I have not, no, but, um, you know, I just, we're just trying to figure out how much Tiffany would actually get paid if they offer her the job. Right. That's what we're doing right now. We're waiting because that's going to determine how many part-time jobs I have to get, uh, or a full-time job depending on where it's at. And I have a 96 hour master's degree in divinity. (laughs) You know, I don't, I should count the fact that they're like, oh, okay, well, in the business world, that means you're smart enough to be able to handle <laughs> a master's degree. Congratulations. Right. You know, still won't change how much we pay you kind right. of mentality because you have no experience in blah, 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 blah. Well, so, you could always launch your own business. I could. I I'll, could. I'll give you my book over here, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Yeah. I um, Have you read that book yet? No, I haven't. No. I mean, but you've, I mean, I want to. It's just, it's just one of those things to where, uh, I I am I am the kind of person that's that's uh paralyzed by my finances. You know what I'm saying? I mean that really is one of the and I shouldn't be. <laughs> I realize that I get that part, but I think there are just some people like me out there that that it's the the financial challenge to it is just so yeah, paralyzing to a certain extent. I mean, we got, you know, there are two of us um that have both have 96 hour masters degrees. And we have a ton of debt from that. Tiffany is almost, almost paid off her amount of debt for undergrad. And then we bought this house living into faith, hoping that the waters is going to last long. And, and then, I mean, it's just, it's just, <laughs> just life, man. It's just, yeah. Life is happening all over the place. And we're, you know, we're right now at, at the way we're living right now, I mean, we can, we could be able to budge on the, the budget a little bit and just say, you know, we can't eat out here or here. We'd have to eat at the house. But I mean, we really are, we're, 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 we're not doing that well off. Right. And so, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's paycheck to paycheck, but if something big happened, it would be paycheck to paycheck after that. Well, I just gave you that is, yeah, yeah. it is the 48 day to the work you love career kit. And inside it has the workbook, the hardback book. And a couple DVD or a couple CDs in there, and I will tell you, j- just the book book itself, it is. I mean, it is mind. And, and it bo- pri- and is it, is it primarily talking about like uh, you becoming your own? No, doing no, your, okay, no, it's not that. Okay, no, because because it, it doesn't Cause sound to me like that. That's what you want to do. 
No, not yet. But, not but let me tell you, what this book is about is about is number one, taking your passions, what you're great at, what you're excellent at. Sure. Understanding the purpose of work and how you can go about finding the work that you love within 48 days. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it it is is literally a 48 day process, and I'm going to tell you right now, submitting your your resumes to companies that are looking for people to hire is not in there. It is right. it is talking about there there is a proven a proven way to get a job doing what you love with a company that you desire to work for. Okay. Even and especially if they're not advertising that they're hiring. Right, right, right. It will tell you. It, I mean, he and and the re- reason I say it's proven is because week after week after week after week, I listen to his podcast of people who call in and say, "I've used your method of get, finding my dream job." Right, right, right. And uh, I, I will tell you, any. I mean, it, yeah, I won't go. I mean, this isn't the forty-eight days to work you love podcast, <laughs> podcast but, <yes. laughs> but I listen to it every week, and I know for a fact that submitting your resumes to companies that you know, that are actively hiring people, it's not the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you can actually get, you can actually get, uh, by doing some of the creative things that you'll read in this book, you could get a higher paying job, uh, and get and jump ahead of everybody who's else is applying for that, for the same position. Uh Even if you have less experience than them, right. You can get a, you can get the job above them by, by using the techniques in that book. Yeah. And part of me is like, man, you give me an interview. It's, yeah, you know, that, just give me an interview. That's if what I can just talk to you, that dude. Is, we're, we're hooked. I, I'm telling we're you right now, DG. This book is how to get the interview. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah. Just, just do me a favor, read it. <coughs> all right. Seriously, I, I know yeah, no. you hear that a lot. Read books. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't tell people to read books because I don't ever have time to read books. Right, right. right. Uh, personally, I don't. I just. Is, I mean, I, I'm making time now, and I'm reading a lot of books. Right, because you have an iPad. I now have an iPad, well, so I'm reading a lot, a lot of books. <laughs> but um, the the thing is, though, read that book. Now, now with that being said, I have another book here, and I, and I do want to clarify to everybody else that you know, the, the, I'm not doing this. This is not what I feel called to do. I mean, my job of what I love to do is being a minister, but doing it as basically being a missionary to 20, 30 year olds that have no, uh, either, either have been hurt by the church or have no church experience whatsoever. And to be able to find that place within the Methodist church, which is where I feel called is, is it's just forcing me to have to take a year to, to, to a year and a half to two years to wait for those openings to occur. So I can actually help other conferences realize the need for that yeah. and to have those interview and have those times of talking uh, and stuff like this. So, so what I'm saying is whatever I do for the next year to year and a half uh, is not necessarily feeling like I'm, this is not my vocation. I know exactly what I'm called to do and to be, this is just to provide a buffer until we can be able to take up those yeah. others off those other offers. Well, I will tell you, I, th- I think that this book will help you find something better than just a, you know, a, a, now, a minimum wage kind of job at a retail store. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, it, and, and, now, and I also have to admit, though, that there is something that inside me that really does kind of resonate with being a consultant to churches or to organizations. This, bu- this book will and help that you. Would, this that that is definitely will, a part of what I think God might be opening that door for me. Well, so. let me tell you something. This book will, if, if that's in, if that's, you'll, you'll go through the process sure, through this book sure. of reading it to find out where your heart's calling you. And, and it will, it will encourage you to do that then. I mean, and I'm telling you, DG, I am such a spokesperson now for finding your passion and pursuing it. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, I wanted to do podcasting for a living, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like okay, so where do I apply to do that? Yeah, <laughs> where's my application? Why exactly. do I have to write a resume for that? Yeah, exactly. And it's like there was nothing. I mean, th- and when I quit my job, there was no, there was there was no revenue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing. And and today, DG, I my wife and I went out to lunch last week and had this conversation. Today, I make more money now from podcasting and doing what I do now than I ever did in insurance. Nice. Nice. I mean, that, that's awesome. That is, and of course, you've seen where I was the first year I did this. Oh yeah, you know yeah. to know where I've come from. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 awesome. I mean, it so, really is awesome. Now, the other thing I now I have here, and I don't encourage you to read this before you re, read Forty Eight Days sorry, to the Work yeah. You Love, but this came in the mail. Uh, I got this as a package from Mardell.com, and it comes from my friend Daryl, and he says, "Cliff, these are for you and DG. They come courtesy of Waterbook slash Motnoma Pub." 
I can barely hold this. It's just like holding water. I know. <laughs> is that what it says? No. Oh, there you go. Anyway, it says David Platt is ex- an exciting new author with a very challenging message. I hope you guys enjoy and benefit from these books. God bless Daryl. Cool. And so these are a review copy only, not for sale, but I'm not sure exactly. Let's see what it says on the back. It's easy for American Christians to forget how Jesus said his followers would actually live, what their new lifestyle would actually look like. They would, they would, he said, leave behind security, money, convenience, even family for him. They would abandon everything for the gospel. They would take up their crosses daily. But who do you know who lives like that? Do you? In Radical, David Platt challenges you to consider with an open heart how we have manipulated the gospel to fit our cultural preferences. He shows us, he shows what Jesus actually said about being his disciple, then invites you to believe and obey what you have heard. Uh, And he tells the dramatic story of what is happening as a successful suburban church decides to get serious about the gospel according to Jesus. Finally, he urges you to join in the radical experiment, a one-year journey in authentic discipleship that will transform how you live in a world that desperately needs good the good news of Jesus, uh, that, the good news of Jesus that he came to bring anyway. Um, so there you go. Another book. Um, I will put this on my list to eventually get to read to. But thank you, Daryl, for providing that. And it sounds a lot like, I mean, it sounds like a lot like the message of a bunch of other books that I've been reading recently. Um, Call to Life by, uh, I can't remember his name now, Bill uh, somebody. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Crazy Love with F- Francis Chan. Right, and yeah. This sounds like it's the same it's, kind of it, message. You know, I think they're all, what they're all really basically hitting on is the fact that they see that we live in such a secular, not secular, such an individualistic society that is very consumeristic mm-hmm. and we've forgotten what it means to actually live a sacrificial life yes, <laughs> instead of just living a life for ourselves. So, Which I certainly, I, I do know that there are things in my life that I feel call, called to change. Sure. Of course. And, yeah, yeah. and, and so that, that, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to reading that and I'll, eventually I will get around to it. I'm reading some yeah. other books right now, but, uh, yeah, thanks. Definitely. You know, tell him next time if he out. wants to send it in, in an electronic form. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Make it available in <clears throat> EPUB form, uh, iBooks, Kindle, either one of those. PDF. I can put it all on there. You can put it on there. Yeah. Sony, Kindle, <sighs> Apple, anyway. anything. <laughs> Loving it. That's all awesome. right. So anyway, uh, but yeah, the 48 Days book, man. Do, do me a favor. Do read that. Okay. Come, yeah. Come I, I, I really will. I'll, I'll attempt to do that. I really will. I um. You know, and it's and it's just one of those things to where you know you, as a United Methodist pastor, you did all the hoops, you jumped through everything you could possibly do, you've you've done the process, and um, and that process is a really good process, and I'm really glad I have gone through it, and I'm part of it, and I still feel called to Methodist Church. It's just the stuff I'm doing, which I believe is very very important for the future of the kingdom. The Methodist Church just is not getting, mm-hmm. not grasping. And not understanding it. And so I'm having to, you know, chisel, t- chisel out some new ground. I know that you, you said, know. you said this last week and I kind of challenged you on it just a little bit, but, uh, you know, you said that I, I definitely feel that God's definite calls for me to be a pastor in the United Methodist church. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just, I, I, I'm not questioning your call. I mean, you obviously know what's on your heart, Sure, but, uh, you know, I just, I just want you to just think, you know, is it possible that you could create uh, an opportunity in a business that will allow you to do or, or to create something to do something that will use your gifts, talents, talents, and passion to allow you without, without waiting for somebody else to open the door in a specific denomination, but allow you to do the things that God's calling you to do with right. those people and to do it with more funds than you could even possibly imagine. Right. And, that, and that's, and that's kind of what I was suggesting too. I mean, that might be a direction that God might be pushing me, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, today, I mean, consultants are in high demand. A lot of, I mean, the church is in decline. Right, exactly. I mean, DG, people out there need help. Yeah, well, I mean, I I wouldn't have been asked to go speak all over the country at all these conferences and stuff about what we're doing if it wasn't wasn't for that case, yeah. Right. So anyway. Well, hey, let's turn to our call. Uh, This is Katie. She's from Texas. Woohoo! And here's her call. Hey, this message is for About the Church. This is for Cliff and DG. Um, this is Katie in Texas, and um, 
Gigi, if you ever find your way back to Texas, um, we'd love to have you at our church. That would be so <laughs> great to have you and Tiffany. So if that works out in God's plans, that would be awesome. Um, and also, if GSPN ever has that uh, GSPN cruise, I'm all up for that, too. Rock on. Um, let's see. <laughs> I was calling because I was just wondering. Um, I have some friends that um, that I've you know recently come into contact with as far as the school and everything, um, my children's school, who are Mormons. And I'm just wondering if you could kind of explain um, what they believe because I really don't, um, don't know. And um, I'd almost have to go to the Internet and find out. But I figured, hey, why not ask Cliff and DG? So if you could just explain that, that would be awesome. All right, y'all take care. Bye. <laughs> All right. If you could just explain yeah. that. Yeah, no problem. Just, you know, just spend four or five minutes. Yeah, we'll talk about that for four minutes. Fully clarify. <laughs> well, here, here, first of all, a couple of things, Katie, thank you for calling in. Yes. And, uh, and, and thank you we, for being from the, the, the promised land, the promised awesome. land. And also, <laughs> you know, we, we are definitely going to have to do some sort of cruise. And in fact, uh, I may be talking with Dan Miller, the author of the 48 days to the work you love. I know that they're going to throw a cruise on Valentine's day next year. And oh, I've cool. been, matter of fact, let me write that down in my notes here. Hold on one second to do list. Uh, Dan Miller, and I'm just going to write cruise cruise. There we go. Because, because I know that they're already planning and it's, I'm just thinking maybe, maybe if I can just piggyback off of all the planning they've already done and just yeah. get our group into their group and oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, dude, it'd that'd be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway. So, uh, the Mormons, I, to be honest with you, Earlier in my Christian faith and in my time as being a minister myself, I oftentimes would carry around reference books. What this, what a book of denominations, if you will, a book of this, a book I, I, I carried around book of cults. Well, I didn't carry it around, but I had it on my shelf. Okay. And these books would always try to summarize within a pair, with a, right, within sure. a couple pages of, you know, what certain denominations or what certain religions believed and how they differ from Christianity. Right. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've kind of stayed away from those as much uh, these days because I don't like having the arguments and I'd rather instead of sharing, you know, you know, instead of talking and arguing with a Mormon about, you know, what we disagree on, I'd much rather, you know, have a real relationship with those people that's based upon common passions and, and joys and I'd love to li- I'd love to serve them as a friend and and as a human and have a relationship with them with without regard to our differences and at the same time you know hopefully that they would see the light of Christ and that they would search and find him but um do, now I I know that there's a lot of websites all out there that'll explain to you oh, some of the 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 vast differences yeah but you know, I, now here's the thing. I happen to know right now one of my one of my greater. Uh, well, first of all, I happen to know that in the gspn.tv community, sure, there is a. Uh, well, I know at least fifteen different Mormons. We've had LDS in the chat room here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know I know there's at least fifteen people I could name off the top of my head that are definitely Mormon. Right. I've got a very good client of mine. He's Mormon. Actually, didn't we have an LDS call in one time? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, um, you know, the thing is, though, is that it is it is a different faith than the Christian faith from my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you know, DG? Have you yeah. ever studied this? You know, uh, this is when I would need my wife because she actually took the quote and this finger quotes cults class in seminary. And they talked about all kinds of different things. But uh, basically the way that he would define, you know, well. A cult in, in any definition just means a group of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we say so, that. And yeah, exactly. But Christian faith is a cult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when I think when Christians say cult, what they're saying is basically something other than than Christianity. I, I think most churches, I, I think most Christians, when they say cult, they mean something that's almost demonic. In oh, a way. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's not Christian. Yeah. It's and it's, it's and not, what makes it worse. And a lot of cases, the reason I think there's so much angst against the LDS church and uh, in a few other places too, <clears throat> is that uh, it sounds a lot like Christianity. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and for example, the Mormons actually, you know, use the Bible. And that is one of their sacred texts is the Bible. 
And so it just, it's, uh, it just seems it, it just, for a lot of Christians, I think they, they think it, it just seems like a sheep and oh, wait, is it a sheep and no, no, it's a wolf, a wolf and sheep. Sheep's clothing. Clothing. Thank you. Which I didn't, I don't see a lot of sheep running around with any kind of clothing, but right. that's and in fine. the chat room, the cult gets mixed up with the occult and stuff. Like yes. That. So anyway, yes. So the way, but I think the, the way the professor basically kind of described it was, uh, the Trinitarian understanding, the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit is the basics is the basis for Christianity. Uh, and so anytime an organization messes with the Trinity, then he actually said, then we're going to talk about it in this, in this class. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so for example, uh, if you asked a, an LDS person, if they came to your door and they said, and you asked them, well, do you believe in the Trinity? They would say yes. Without any equivocations. Yes, of course we believe in the Trinity. What's wrong with you? You know, kind of a thing. But if you asked them, do you believe in God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, uh, they would not be able to say yes to that. <clears throat> And, and, and that's, and that's the difference. I mean, there is a, just, just a big difference between those kinds of things. Um, they, they don't believe that Jesus, uh, was God. They just believe that Jesus can become and did become a God of his own, of his own planet. You know, he reached whatever. There's all kinds of stuff going on there that I really am pretty ignorant about. Okay. But my wife who dated a Mormon in high school and then she took that class. I mean, she is like my go-to person for, um, for LDS <clears throat> theology and, and things like that. So what? if you really want to, if you really want us to talk more about it in depth in a, in a later interview, I mean, a later podcast, let's invite Tiffany to come in and Absolutely. we can bring some books in here and, uh, and she could be able to, and we could encourage the people that, that are Mormon to be able to come and be in the chat room and, um, and to be able to have a conversation around. I think that'd be a, that'd be a fun. That'd be I, th- fun. I think so. I don't know if it'd be a lot of fun, but it, it'd be interesting. Oh, it, uh, <laughs> I just, I'm just not all for, for, well, I mean, Tiffany, Tiffany's got all it all, for. man. She's got every book you could possibly imagine. Yeah. She's got, um, she's got the, of course the book of Mormon, but there's all kinds of other stuff going on after that because they, they really do believe that if there's the head guy of, of the LDS church, what, you know, his words are, are the same as God's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so if he brings out a decree, then, then it's, it's it's the inherent <laughs> word of God whenever this guy speaks, and uh, and so she's and I forgot what that's called. Man, it's killing me. Um, and you know, like I said, I wish kind of kind of wish we had an LDS person in the chat room so they could be able to say, no, it's not what it's called. DG, come on, don't be ignorant. Well, let's see here. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the Mormon the Mormon Religion dot com, and they have a beliefs page. Now, this doesn't look like it's official at all, but I would imagine it was put together by a Mormon. Um, and their beliefs page says this, number one, we believe in God, the eternal father and his son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy ghost. Right. All right. But what do they believe about those? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And that's, and that's what's so, that's what's so frustrating thing for a lot of Christians is they're like, it just, everything they say, the words they say seem like it is no problem. There's no difference between what, you know, a, a Christian well, hold on. Mm-hmm. So number And they two, would claim themselves to be Christians. Yeah. Number two is we believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. Hmm. Uh, I, I think that that's something that if I, I, I could see that it, it, it's, right. it's our own sin nature that as a result of Adam and Eve's, yeah, not just Adam's, but yeah. Adam and Eve's transgression. Yeah. Uh, but let's see here. We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind will be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Wow. That's a little bit of a stretch. Um, first of all, all mankind. I don't know about that. Um, as far as uh, by obedience to the laws and ordinance of the gospels. Well, if you mean by law, just meaning accepting you know, his faith, his gift through faith and not by works. But then, of course, show me your works without faith and I'll show you the faith that's dead. Okay, so, I mean, this isn't as clear cut and as easy to have this conversation even here. Right. And that's and that's what I'm saying. I would love to be able to have Tiffany come and, and to, to be able to yeah. speak about it. But it's, you know, I've got I got family that are LDS and, and lots of good friends that are LDS. Oh, too. I didn't know and about so. this. We believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of, tr- of tongues and so forth. I did not know the Mormons believed it in uh, 
believed in the gift of tongues. Did you? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We believe the Bible to be the word of God as far as it is translated correctly. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, although I will say that I am investigating why I believe that so wholeheartedly. But it, it, my, but my <laughs> heart tells me yes. Uh, and I've never been felt for any reason why it should be no. But uh, I am I am researching that, as I said. Right. right. Uh, but uh, they also said this on here. It says we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the word of God. And, exactly. obvi- and obviously I do not believe that. Right. And exactly. I have looked that up before and where the Book of Mormon came from. And I just that's just something I don't believe. Right. All right. Right. Uh, let's see here. We believe the Bible. To, okay. We did that one. Uh, we believe that we believe all that God reveal has revealed, uh, all that he does now reveal. And we believe that he will yet reveal many great important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know what I think about that. Um, I think God reveals a lot of things to us on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but I, I think, does this mean like, okay, so is this a, is this another follow up to the whole, you know, the Bible thing? It's like, yeah, I believe that God revealed the Bible, but he also revealed this book, Yeah, you know, and I believe that there might be another book we might publish. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, ah, but that, see, I went, I'm struggling with that one. I struggle with that one. All right. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just wrestling and trying to find that those book the, the books that, that really starts getting into just lots of lots of variations between what is said and what is understood and what is read and just just some major differences going on between the Bible as as well as the other books and yeah here's anyway. here's the reason why I don't like this conversation because I don't like having the conversation where I share that I don't believe that somebody who calls themselves as a Christian is not a Christian. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. And, and I mean, I will, I'll share with you that the, my upbringing teaches me that the Mormon faith is not the same as the Christian faith. Right. All right. right. So, and, and, and now again, that's not from not, it's not from my own understanding of all of these things, but it's the things that I've always been taught that it's not, it's not the same. And, and for me, I just, for, in, in, uh, basically Daniel says, why do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm the person who's going to tell you, you know what, if you don't believe this, then you're going to go to hell, you right. know? And, and so, so you're, you're, it's the wrestling with the judgment aspect yes. stuff with Yes. That. I don't want yeah. people to feel like I'm judging them because I spent a lot of time in my Christian walk judging, judging people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I believe that God reveals himself to people. And, yeah. and I have a desire to be a light on the hill and I does, I do, I be, I desire to be a voice of truth in the world. Right. I, th- I think there's but a I difference d- between saying you're going to go to hell and say, I think we believe in two different gods. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way I, you know, cause there's no difference between me saying that to an atheist and yeah, me saying I guess, it to, I guess that's just well, my, I wouldn't the, say to an atheist. We'll say, what the, God? Yeah. <laughs> but well, you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. But that, I, I, that comes from my belief, you know, right, that, that comes right. from my upbringing is, is I've always been taught. It's like, you know, there's serving God or burning in hell, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's my upbringing DG. Yeah, yeah. It's like, those are your two options. Do you extra, extra crispy or, you yeah. know? Or or the other, yeah, I mean, or the other. It's it's turn or burn. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. that's that's the upbringing I've always had, and so and 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 the thing is, is though, what I found is is that just loving people, being willing to speak to them when the opportunity arises, not out of my own volition, but if I'm either prompted by the spirit or prompted by the other individual, which was th- probably sponsored, prompted by the spirit anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, then, it's I'm, a, then I'm willing to sit down and say, okay, let's look at this topic together. Right. And it's, and it's, it's a little bit less of setting it up so it will occur. Right. And then just allowing for it to happen naturally. Exactly. And just pray and pray and pray that you are sensitive enough to be able to know what, when right. to say, what to say and things like that. Yeah. But see what I'm, what I'm concerned about is that here we have a platform all right. I, I, I mean, we sometimes I forget just how how big of a platform this is. This just getting behind a microphone. Sometimes we just think, well, we're just hanging out in the studio talking behind microphones. But we have a platform here. And my concern is I don't want to use this platform to belittle somebody else's faith. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to use it to promote the faith that we do have. Right. And it's and it's very clear in the Christian faith when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes. I mean, that's 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 pretty hardcore stuff. And that does, you know, whether we like it or not, it does separate us out from right. other religions and from other beliefs and things like that. And so, you know, that's and so that's it's not but you're not. I just don't want to sit here. I don't want to use this as a platform to say, okay, this is the this is why we disagree with these other religions. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? That that's my only concern. I don't want to come here. I, that, I don't want to bring Tiffany in so she can tell us why Mormons aren't Christians. No, no, no. I mean, she's all going to bring her in. Is to, her question was, what do they believe? Oh, okay. And so I was just going to bring Tiffany in to be able to say, yeah. Well, Tiffany, I, what I, do they believe? And then why would it? Why is it a different belief than Christianity? Okay. You know, there's nothing, I don't think anything wrong. You know, I'm not, as long as it doesn't come off that way, you, right. you understand my concern, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we've both said things that we're like, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> and we'll, I, we can do the best we can to be able to set it up and be able to say, this is not our intent. This is not our purpose. We're just answering yeah. someone who called in one time. Right. And we're just trying to be, and we're interested in knowing it. I'm interested in knowing those, those kinds of things as well. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I talked with father Roderick and he's in Rome right now. Uh, and when he gets back, obviously he's gonna be pretty. Oh crazy well, kidding. tell him we said hi. Well, yeah. is there, tell him to say hi to Chuck while yeah. he's there. Chuck, because <laughs> the TV series Chuck, he's in Rome right now. Oh, is he? Well, he, no, he's in Paris. He's in Paris. Sorry. Bro. Well, anyway, um, he when he gets back from Rome, he'll he'll have a couple weeks where he has to catch up. But probably about three or four weeks out, he he's gonna come on to the about the church podcast with. Oh, us. cool! He did say yes. He <laughs> said he said yes. He'll come on and he'll. He would love to sit down and have a conversation. And I would yeah. love to ha- see that. It's like I would love to have conversation with somebody who who can explain, you know, what you know, why what is your difference here? You know, because uh, right. we had a family from the heart question today that I, I'm, I could be incorrectly assuming I didn't have all the information. But they asked, you know, my my spouse or my soon to be spouse is coming from a different spiritual background than mine. And so the question is how, you know, when we get married, how do you mend, you know, your two pasts right. and become, you know, one and, and how do you move forward in that in a shared faith and make compromises and, and how do you raise the kids? And it's like the, yeah. how do you raise the kids is the big thing is like, cause in the Catholic church, it's like you raise your kids Catholic period, period. Dun, dun, dun. And so it's like, well, can't you just raise your kids to be followers of Christ and to teach them to seek after the heart of God. And so right. I, you know, there's a, there's some, there's some good questions that I'm looking forward to asking father Roderick, you know, cause for me, I, I consider father Roderick to be my brother in Christ. And right. I, I wonder as a Catholic priest knowing and believing what the church believes, because I am not a confessed Catholic, I wonder, does he consider somebody who is not a Catholic to be a Christian? Right. And I, and I, I, my, my assumption is he would say yes. Okay. Um, but I know a lot of Roman Catholics, even when I was growing up that, you know, they thought, Oh my gosh, you know, I had, I actually had a Roman Catholic say, no, I'm not a Christian. And what he meant was, no, I'm not a Protestant. Did I tell you this? Like we were, is it family Christian? It was not family Christian books. It was a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fellowship of Christian athletes. And I was inviting this guy to come to fellow Christian fellowship of Christian athletes. Cause I mean, all we did is play some basketball and then have a little Bible study. And this guy was like, I can't go to that. And I was like, why? And he goes, because I'm, I said, it's for Christians. And he goes, well, I'm Catholic. And I was like, dude, you're a Christian. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and it was just, you know, and it was, it was one of those things to where I was like, you know, I personally believe that the Roman Catholic church does not get the Trinity mixed up. They, they don't, they do believe when they, and I can actually turn to a Roman Catholic and say, do you believe in God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit, they would wholeheartedly say yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course, of course, my entire faith is based around that three and one, one and three uh, understanding. And because like if there is, a, I forget what the other church was. I think it's a United Pentecostal Church. I think a United Pentecostal Church. It's only Jesus. So it's not creator, covenant God or God the Father. It's only Jesus. And it's not Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. And they're messing with the Trinity. And so, you know, this guy would say, well, if you're going to, if you're going to use the Trinity as the plumb line for Christianity, then, um, then that would not be, then he would consider them to be a quote cult. Right. (laughs) Now there's, there's some interesting conversations happening in the chat room here there, you know, and it has a lot to do with, you know, well, why, you know, Jesus, let's see here. Daniel says in the chat room, Jesus Christ said that he came with a sword and to divide. 
Okay. And also um, Anonymous 600 in the chat room says, the Bible is offensive because it shows man a picture of himself. He does not always care to see. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, there, there's a lot of things going around there. But one of the things that I, I used to be on the other extreme of where I am today. I used to be the guy who used to just carry around the Bible and just sit down and share with everybody the right. truth, the truth, the truth. And and right. how many people did I ever really have a lasting impact on with helping them m- move into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ? I, I I had a couple of experiences. How many people have I had by following 1 Peter 3.15 be willing to always give an answer to those who ask <laughs> for the reason of the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and respect. I didn't know the emphasis was in the Bible. Was yeah, it? it's, it's bold and underlined. It's and bold and underlined. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So so what what happened was it's like, listen, I, I want to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that I have. And, and, and I want to do, I don't want to use a platform unless, unless the Holy Spirit just like, listen, Cliff, I, okay, dude, lay it all out. And here's the words I want you to share. And, and there have been times when I'll, I'll sit there and it's like, listen, I'm sharing my faith. I'm doing it unashamedly. And, and, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's just, I, I don't want to speak out against other religions unless God has clearly laid on my heart to do so. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure, of course it does. All right. Yeah, I, I think it's the, I, I think it's just, I think what you're getting at is basically saying, I would much rather someone come to know Christ because they have wrestled with Christ and they have thought through those things and they're seeing the Christ in you through a relationship of love and caring and forgiveness, much more so than it just trying to prove who's right and who's wrong. Right. And I would want them to come to that truth through the conviction, well, not conviction, well, conviction too, but but through the, the the sheer joy it is to be able to serve Christ and to know um, the love that God desires to be with them than I ever would it be through argumenting on who is right and who is wrong. Uh, or, or and, and I'm even a big guy against fear stuff too, that, you know, you're going to burn in hell, you better turn now. Uh, I don't think that's going to be as effective again of, of, of what we just said, you know, just now. So, well here, and here's the thing. I want to say that there are some people I believe who are in life called by God to, to kind of do those things to, I, they call it apologetics. You know, they, they say, listen, I am, right. I, we are, I, I am called by God to study this thing and I am going to defend the truth of the gospel. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what they do and they, and they right. do yeah. it well. Sure, of course. It and I, that, I'm just saying that that's not one of the things that God's called me to do. Right. And I, th- and I think one of my favorite professors was basically just saying that uh, he said, you don't get so caught up in trying to prove who's right, because when you do that, you forget that the Holy Spirit needs to be involved. Right. And that's, you know, and I was, I was really, I really appreciated when he said that, cause he's just saying, Hey, you can read as much jo- Joshua McDonald, is it Josh McDowell, whatever, you know, all these, the case for Christ and everything. you can read all this stuff that's all laid out with a logical thought, everything else, but ultimately it's going to be the spirit doing the work, right? Not necessarily you. And so you need to make sure you leave room for that to be able for the spirit to be in there. Hey, anonymous number seven, four, eight, three says, can you, can you guys define God laying something on your heart? How does that work? No, I cannot define that. (laughs) I can't, I can tell you, I can tell you different experiences. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I can tell you experiences that I've had, but it's all different. Like it's different for every person, but go ahead. Tell I, I, I'll share with you. Um, let me, let me, okay, here's a perfect example. This was, I, I had just been called to ministry and I'm studying to be a pastor. Okay. Okay. And all of a sudden I get a phone call from my aunt. Okay. She had, she knows that I'm studying to be a pastor. She goes, Cliff, you've got to go in and see Mike. All right. And I won't tell you who Mike is, but I will just say that he's somebody that we knew. Okay. All right. She says he's in the hospital in the psych ward. He just tried to commit suicide. And I need you to go talk to him and tell him, you know, that, that life is worth living and, and, right. and teach, you know, talk to him, tell him about God. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh gosh, that, yeah. Th- thanks a lot. This one's, <laughs> this one's fun. And I, I'm sitting there thinking in my mind, I don't want to go do this. 
Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. This no. Th- that's going to th- be not fun. That's going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Th- this I, I I and I'm like, how do I say no? You know, yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. it's like this guy's just tried to commit suicide. He's depressed. Uh, I know why he's depressed and and all this stuff. I I mean, I know this guy pretty well. He's not like a quote unquote friend, but he's he's somebody I know. Right. And but it's like he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. And now I'm supposed to go and and give this magical Jesus is the answer to all your problems and turn to him and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. right, right, right yeah. And I'm like, this is this is it's like I don't have the word. I don't know what to say to this guy. She goes, will you just do me a favor? We just go and, and just talk with him. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to deny going and talking to somebody who's in desperate need. Sure. Of course. All right. So I I tell you what, I go to the hospital, I get there and I'm completely clueless. I have no idea what to say. Right. I'm like, I I, matter. I am freaking out. You probably found him. You're sitting across from him. Do you remember remember, uh, a place in the Bible where the, where Jesus is in the garden? He starts to sweat blood. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I literally almost felt like I was about ready to sweat blood. Like, where is it at? I'm feeling exactly. I feel the I feel the blood coming because I am sweat. I mean, this is this is not just sweat. I mean, I'm in cold sweats. I'm I'm like totally nervous. Right. Sure. What in the earth? I mean, it's like I never had to deal and talk with somebody who's just tried to commit suicide. What on earth? Why would I even be? Why would somebody call and ask me to go do this? So I went and I sit down with him, and be honest with you, it was just awkward silence for a little bit. And, you know, and again, I've, I've told you this before. I don't like to call on people in the hospital because the first question I don't, how do you start to come? So how you, so how are things going? <laughs> well, I don't, yeah. I, was, I just unsuccessfully tried to kill myself. <laughs> it's like, so how do you start that conversation? Yeah. And so it's like, Hey Mike. And he's like, Hey, well, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't remember how the conversation got started, but all of a sudden what happened was he started to ask me questions. And as he started to ask me questions, I'm sitting there praying silently to myself, God, what should I say? What do I say here? I don't know what to say. And he's asking me questions and I'm like, you know, and I'm trying to give him answers. And then, and then all of a sudden, DG, I am not kidding you. There, there was this moment in time where all of these scriptures came to my mind. I am not kidding. Boom. Just Just boom. They were there. And, and there, I did not take my Bible in with me. But there was a Gideon's Bible there. All right. right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he would ask me a question. And instantly, DG, I knew exactly where to turn the Bible, exactly what what verse. And I read it to him. Now, I'll be honest with you. These are all verses I've seen before in my life. These are all verses I've studied in my own personal devotional life. But in a million years, I would have never thought that I could recall those and tell you exactly where they were. And not even for a second did I ever hesitate to find the scripture. It was boom. And this is where it's at. He asked me the next question. Boom. There's an answer for that. He'd ask me another question. Boom. There's an answer for that. By the end of the time that we were together, he prayed to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior. All right. Yeah. 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 I walked out of that hospital. I came home (laughs) and I went to journal my experience. I wanted to write down in my prayer journal sure, what, what had happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. I could not think of a single verse I shared with him. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so that's an example of God laying something on your heart. Yes. Yeah. And Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And that, that, that scripture reminded, reminds me of how important it is for me to study scripture and not just to read it and say, I've read the Bible in a year. But I, there, when right. I read the Bible, sometimes I won't read the Bible but once every two or three weeks. But I will read something and I will wrestle with how yeah. I can possibly live that out in my life. Right. And I, th- and, I think that's, and I think that's the key to that scripture is to talking about, you know, the heart is what pumps to bring you life. <laughs> and if it's hidden within your heart, then it's just it becomes a way of your existence, a way of your living out your life. Yeah. This is a part of it. And and so, yeah, I think that's, I, you know, as far as God laying something in your heart, I, I think that in, in other people's experiences that I've heard and in my experience too, to a certain extent, it was just, I knew it was not me. I knew it was not yeah. someone else. It was something other. And, um, and in the midst and now, and now I've, you know, I've come to through wrestling with what that could have been because I really do want to say, Hey, that could have been me. Could have been, <laughs> it could have just been DG bringing something up in my mind that I would never think about. 
<laughs> but uh, but and I, and I think through in the midst of all of that, trying to wrestle and trying to figure out what was that, what was that thought, what was that uh, idea, what was that whatever, uh, then you know, then eventually through trial and error, a lot of people would be able to come to the cons- to the conclusion of saying, "Wow, that I think that was God." And God really just, he just gave me something. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be an idea, a thought, or laid something, you know, a passion where you are really convicted of, you know, the homeless or poor, you know, whatever yep. else it is, these kinds of things that would not go against scripture, but that would better your life and better the life of others. That is not explainable. <laughs> it yes. just came from out of nowhere. I would say that would be the equivalent of God. Like something I, I'll give you an example. That's not quite so, you know, heavily spiritually sure. related. Um, there was a time when I was at a particular restaurant and was out with some friends and I saw this, what appeared to be a single mom really struggling, you know, just really struggling. Uh, and she's trying to keep her kids under control and stuff like that. And I could just tell that she was about to lose it. And she was still she, it's on, on her last thread as patient as she could be with her kids and stuff like that. And, you know, I sit there and, you know, honestly, the kids were a little bit annoying uh, to the to our conversation. It was just kind of distracting and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, th- there was a temptation to kind of be a little put off and to be upset and uh, a little angry that she didn't have better control of her kids. And got, it, it was kind of felt like God saying, you know what? give her a break. You know, she's, she, this girl's obviously going through a lot. Yeah. And I, and I, and I don't, I don't know that God said, go and tell her something, but I felt, I felt the need to stand up before we left to go over to that mom and say, I really appreciate the fact that you are so patient with your kids. It's not, it, I know it's not easy. Yeah. Tears down her face. Yeah, sure. She says, sure. thank you. Yeah, I don't know if God told me to do that or not, but it was just one of those things. It certainly wasn't for something me. Something that was laid on your heart. It was something that was laid you on my heart because me, because yeah. me was annoyed by the kids. Right, and Thomas in the chat room says the same thing. It's just something. The, the what he thinks about is when God actually just is it lays on him a burden for something. Uh, you know, feel a burden for for young people, or lays it on her. You know, burdens for different things. Kind of like that too. I mean, you had a burden to to empower and give encouragement to a mom who probably really yeah. needed it. Yeah. And I want to say that I, I believe this, that if I were to do what uh, brother Lawrence says in practicing the presence of God, uh-huh. uh, if I were to practice the presence of God on a more regular basis, I think that I would be serving a whole lot more people throughout the day with my smile, with words of encouragement mm-hmm. and actions and so many other things. I, I believe God desires to lay things on our hearts, not just on occasion, but I believe that God desires to lay things on our hearts on a daily basis. Oh yeah. All Definitely. day long. And that's, and that's why I just keep on. And I think that's, you know, this book and, and everything else is kind of talking about is if we actually lived our lives as selflessly, then I think that we would be a little bit more sensitive to hearing and listening to what God might be trying to lay on our hearts and to give us a burden for others or a burden for him or whatever else it is or from family or whatever else it is and be able to to help us wake up, wake up right and to live that life. The one thing I do know is, you know, I I may have sounded as though it's like, man, Cliff, it's like, dude, you just got to be willing to just be bold in the truth and and to share it and not be afraid because how will other people know that they're wrong unless you expo- expose it and stuff like that. And I'm yeah. like, man, I've done that. And, and it just doesn't, it's not what I feel God laying on my heart. I feel God calling me to love people, to, to answer the, to give a reason for the hope that I have when they ask yeah, and to do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And, and I, and I believe that there may be a time and there have been times, there may be a time when I get a little bit more bold, but I hope that it's instigated by people asking. Right. And it's not me broadcasting it out to the world because that's not what I feel called to do. There are other people who who start a church or to start a church. They start a radio program called the Bible Answer Man, Hank Handergraf. You know, uh, th- that's a guy who clearly will call out things for what they are. Right. And and, uh, you know, sometimes he's a little brash. And to be honest with you, I'm quite put off by him many times just by the way that 
he talks to people. But, you know, I don't know. I've come to the place where I don't want to judge everyone. I I want to love others as I as much as I love myself. And by by the way, I love myself way too much. Uh, and and <laughs> and if I could just get a portion of how much I love myself and love other people that way, that's what God wants me to do on a daily basis. Yeah. And so and and Thomas in our chat room, by the way, Thomas is a very young guy, by the way. Uh, and Thomas says, but couldn't you boldly love people? And yes, that's what Booyah. I want. That's exactly <laughs> it. Booyah. I want to boldly love people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Hey, folks, remember this. Uh, pray for another church in your area that is not your own. Take somebody out to lunch today. Nice. From another another church. Someone bought my lunch today. That's awesome. Yeah, I was hugely blessed by that. Sweet. Big time. Pray for my friend DG, who he and his wife are in a place where they are... They got a. They got diverging paths in front of them, and they need some discernment on which way to go. Yeah, please. That'd so, be great. so let's pray that God will will give them that discernment and make the path clear for them. And uh, how things going? D, DG, the adoption thing is that still moving forward? Uh, well, it's kind of put on hold right now until I want to make sure <laughs> make sure we both have jobs in June, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean it, everything's ready to go for that. We're actually going to go get our. Uh, infant CPR training stuff like that so we're moving with it we just I just don't want to give them the release of hey go give the books out to all the birth moms because I want to make sure we both have right jobs in June nice <laughs> I believe you will I believe so too I'm just having to be patient <laughs> folks thank you for listening to the about the church thank podcast you. if you enjoy the content that we produce here would you head over to gspn.tv slash plus and uh, learn how you can help support the content. Thank you. God bless you all. Bye-bye.